welcome Hoosier fans to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our 232nd edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 737th episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of October 21st, 2021. I'm your host, Brian Tonsoni. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call, how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And Indiana is the national champion. When it comes down, Indiana will be champion. Smart takes the shot. The Hoosiers have won the national championship. This week's banner moment occurred last weekend when Bettina Newton, the mother of Indiana recruit uh, Ja'Kai Newton, tweeted out thanks to the Hoosier Nation. She tweeted, quote, Thank you, Indi- the Indiana basketball coaching staff, for an amazing professional and thoughtful weekend. To all the Hoosier fans who supported my guy on Twitter and Instagram and greeted us in the streets, I see why they call y'all the best fans in the nation. Thank you, end quote. This is what we all want, uh, a, a coaching staff who understands the tradition, who can recruit around the country, and who can win basketball games, a fan base that is united and spirited enough to make an impact on a recruit and their family in just one weekend, a Hoosier nation so strong that Assembly Hall will undoubtedly once again be the hardest place for visitors to play, a program that wins championships and banners. Thank you, Bettina, for seeing what we believe is the best college basketball program in the country. Let's all do our part to make sure that happens. Okay, let me introduce uh, my esteemed co-hosts for tonight. I have two of them, actually. Ryan's taking the week off. Jared Morris will be here shortly uh, after he uh, gets his family uh, to bed. And uh, and here with me right now is the Charlton Warren of Girl Sports in Cincinnati, the president emeritus of the Robert Johnson Fan Club, and one of the world's most esteemed bracketologists. And tonight, he has new music. The best of you sports coaching, you know that we got them. When it comes to analytic trends, you know he can spot them. For first class bracketology, if you want the top, you gotta go bottoms. If you want the top, you gotta go bottoms. If you want the top, you gotta go bottoms. Man, if that doesn't get you going, I don't know what. Well, Will, that's excellent. Bob Thompson produced a new song. Andy, what is your bottoms line on the last week in Indiana basketball? Well, first, appreciate the great Bob Thompson uh, cooking up something new. So, uh, new season, new uh, new song. So, well done, Bob, as always. Uh, so, you know, for me this week, you know, a couple other normal uh, tentpole events of the uh, of the of the off season. You got Ken Palm rankings out. Uh, which is always uh, lets you know the season's getting closer. I've started as as you probably have, Coach. At least thinking through some preseason bracketology stuff. And I exchanged a few messages with Alex about the posting schedule for that here uh, in a couple of weeks. And so the season is is getting close. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to have their uh, scrimmage they had planned with Cincinnati over the weekend. Uh, but uh, hopefully, they can get the uh, the one with Belmont. Uh, forget when that was scheduled, but I know it's supposed to be in Louisville. So maybe they'll be able to get that one in. Oh, n- never a great time to feel like you have. Uh, injuries at that point, uh, especially as snake bitten as the program has felt in some ways uh, in that regard over the past. But I think, uh, you know, caution the right way to go in the off season, and, uh, and hopefully they can get everybody healed up and ready to go for the start of the season. So just uh, it'll be here before we know it, surprisingly enough. 
Uh, real close. And joining us uh, is a mediocre Jay. Jay Horry joins us today. He's the one who will uh, be uh, running the second segment with our over and under segments. He's the one who sets those lines. Um, Jay, your thoughts on Indiana basketball, and then specifically talk a little bit about Ja'Kai uh, Newton uh, announcing tomorrow. You, you put something out in the community. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Coach. Um, happy, happy to be here in another uh, another uh, edition of Jay's Mediocre Casino later tonight. Um, yeah, really, really excited about Ja'Kai Newton. Uh, the the recruitment's kind of taken off uh, over the summer. Um, he went from relatively unknown um, to somebody who really burst on the scene uh, at a couple of local events down in Georgia, and then kind of played his way into that conversation of a top fifty-ish sort of recruit. Um, he's had a relationship with Coach Coach uh, UCR Rosemont for a few years, and so I think that really helped IU jump in there quickly. So very excited about that tomorrow. I think IU is going to get a, get some good news, and uh, as long as we don't jinx it here tonight. So <laughs> yeah, it was on the banner moment, and then, then we talk about it. It, it. it doesn't happen until it happens, but uh, it, it does look good there. Uh, okay, here's what we're going to cover this week. Uh, we're going to talk in segment one some Hoosier headlines. Uh, we've already kind of hinted upon the big recruiting news. Uh, segment two, uh, we're going to talk about the preseason over and unders for your Indiana Hoosiers uh, for this upcoming season. And then, of course, uh, we'll answer your questions. We have some really good ones uh, in segment three. All of that uh, coming up this week on Assembly Call Radio. Don't forget to join our private IU basketball discussion community at assemblycall.com backslash community. We have a lot of good things going on uh, in, in the community. As we announced last week, Tony Adrania's IU Film Room is now a premium part of our community. Uh, we'll be raising the price or have raised the price for access now uh, before the season starts. So get in there and, and join the IU Film Room. Uh, Tony does a, a really good job. Uh, and so um, – also in the community uh, is a new Grace Berger uh, show was kind of hinted out by Jared. We'll have more information uh, on that, uh, bringing a show uh, to the community. And then um, the Coach's Corner, the little segments that I put together, uh, we're going to do a little spin this year. Uh, we're still going to do some uh, basketball uh, 101 or, or, or some short uh, film breakdowns. We'll leave the major ones to Tony. Uh, but we're also going to do a poll, a, a top 25 poll and a, a Big Ten power ranking poll brought to you by uh, Coach Adrania, Coach Marlowe, and myself. We'll be the voting panel uh, and look for every Monday or Tuesday to see what uh, the three of us have as far as college basketball overall. And we may do a show or two, uh, you know, bi-weekly just to talk some general college basketball. So make sure that you are a part of the community. Go to assemblycall.com backslash community to see what we're talking about and to join. We'd love to have you there. Uh, for the Hoosier headlines, um, we had a new inside scoop uh, with Tamar Bates. If you haven't had a chance to watch it, it's just fantastic. Um, it had Tamar's brother on and, and, and just really uh, some, some good things. Uh, we talked about Ja'Kai Newton announcing his school on Friday. Uh, he just visited IU, and all signs are pointing that it's going to be an IU commit. And again, not until – uh, we hear it uh, for sure, but he's gone from off the radar to a top 100 recruit after a strong summer, 6'3", with a 6'10 wingspan. Gotta love that wingspan. Noah Clowney decision is coming up on November 1st. He he did have that for October 31st, pushed that back a day. 
Uh, Indiana's ranked 31st in the Ken Palm initial rankings, 42nd in offensive efficiency, 23rd in defensive efficiency, and Ken Palm predicts a 20-11 and 11 record, 10-10 and 10 in the Big Ten, and there's some statistical um, play in, in his numbers early. Uh, it doesn't really take full effect until late December, early January with this season's information. Uh, on a tough note, uh, Dick Vitale is to undergo chemo for cancer. He's still going to try to uh, call games, but we wish him nothing but the best. And, and I know that some people really appreciate and love Dick Vitale. Some people uh, may not find him uh, fun to listen to, but he is an ambassador for the game of basketball and has done quite a bit to elevate the NCAA game. And so we wish nothing but the best for his health. And then uh, five Big Ten teams were in the preseason top 25 AP poll, Michigan, Purdue, Illinois, Ohio State, and Maryland. Uh, Michigan State, Indiana, Rutgers were receiving votes. So, Andy, there's some quite a bit of uh, Hoosier headlines. What uh, draws you know your attention? What would you like to talk about? Uh, yeah, the Ken Palm stuff is uh, while it's interesting. If, as you hear him, you know, talk about different things. There's a lot of continuity based stuff there, but there's really nothing in it to account for a guy who's never coached uh, at the college level before. So it becomes pretty difficult to really. Um, you know, there, there is the carryover, as you said, that is usually in there till midway through the season. So I think you uh, normally would take those with a grain of salt. It's exciting to see, but I think this year more than ever, you, there's no way to bake in uh, what the defensive scheme is going to be, the offensive scheme is going to be. So uh, I guess positive that the, at least the personnel suggests uh, to him that, uh, that, that that's where they could finish. But um, that that's, you know, until we really see the team play, going to be a little bit harder than most years to really read uh, a ton into that. And then, yeah, the, the poll, I think that pretty much shakes out with how uh, the majority of, of postseason projections have gone for the league where you've got those clear-cut top four in Michigan, Purdue, Illinois, Ohio State, and then you kind of got Maryland, Michigan State, IU, Rutgers in, in kind of the same area. So that lines up pretty well with that. And then, uh, you know, you mentioned the, you know, the Dick Vitale thing, I think, Probably some people have soured on him over the course of time just as he's, you know, gotten older and, and everybody's gotten more used to, I guess, how he calls games. But certainly from my perspective during my formative college basketball years, if you will, he was a, a fixture in that and uh, a, a guy who has done so much to, to raise money uh, to fight cancer that, uh, you know, he gets to fight it himself now and certainly wish him. Uh, nothing but the best. Whatever you, whatever you think about him, however you feel about him now, versus how you felt about him uh, in years past when he was first coming up. Um, you know, every everything that you hear is just what a great guy he is, and how much he loves college basketball, and that uh, comes through without a doubt. So, uh, hopefully, he can uh, he can beat it, and uh, got a lot of lots of people rooting for him. That's for sure. You know, the the, the I, I enjoy the Ken Palm rain, ratings quite a bit. Um, and what we do, Andy, with our bracketology, the net ranking will come out, uh, and, and we try to talk a, a lot early in the season, but really none of the stuff that we do really takes place until maybe even February. Um, does it really hold much water? Don't I, I don't tell your readers on assembly call and, and anyone who follows Delphi Bracketology because we're going to be putting out content uh, right away in, in November. But it does, it does um, for me, the, the 30 – one ranking is just nice saying that th there is that possibility uh, to, to be in the top 40. If you're in the top 40 in Ken Palm at the end of the season, you're likely to be in the tournament. So I, I think that um, 
that is a, a, an interesting spot for, for Indiana. And, and as far as the, the rankings go, I, I will give a little preview. I know it's only a three-coach panel, uh, but there is one coach that, that had Indiana uh, in the top 25, and, and he happens to be speaking. But, um, you know, we still have one more coach to, to turn, in, turn in his ballot. Uh, it's just good. There's just a good vibe uh, with all that. We, we want uh, the rating to be higher. We want uh, the, the AP ranking to be higher. And once the games start, I think Indiana will move up in there. Uh, at least we hope so. Jay, uh, what headlines? Uh, we already talked about Ja'Kai uh, Newton. Uh, if you want to talk a little bit more about him or what else um, sticks out for you on our list of Hoosier headlines. Yeah, I'll go back to Newton a little bit just because I, I tend to focus a little more on recruiting than I know you do, Coach. I know I know you're one of those guys who says until they get on campus, I don't, I don't care about them. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, Newton's an exciting prospect. He's a, he's an explosive athlete for being only 6'3". Um, he really, his athleticism and his length really pop off the, pit, off, off the screen when you're watching him. I mean, he gets to the basket, he attacks, he finishes with both hands, he finishes above the rim. He's kind of one of those um, smaller guards – that that still has the athleticism that IU IU just really hasn't had. I was trying to think of, in a, of a player comparison, just just for Ryan's sake, because I know just in his in absentia, I wanted to you know give him a player comparison, but uh, it's it's really hard to do because he's just a, a very explosive athlete for for his size. Um, but it's, it's it shows kind of the work that IU's put in in the South, especially. I mean, you look at the commits that IU has. Uh, that, are, that Tamar Bates already on campus, um, Jalen Hoodge-Fino coming next year, um, Caleb Banks. I mean, a lot of guys from the South, and that's that's a lot of work that Coach Rosemond and um, Kenya Hunter have put in down there. And, uh, you know, it, it, apparently it just took Tom Crean getting the head coaching job in Georgia to, to, for us to be able to recruit that state. So um, really excited about, about the – possible uh addition of of Ja'Kai Newton um and you know just for the people if we have any you know uh chat mob that are in Atlanta uh be looking for IU to play a game down there um possibly next year I think uh IU's been working hard to cement their their position down in that's down in that area there's a ton of IU alumni in Atlanta and uh, I think IU I would not be shocked if IU played a played against an SEC team in Atlanta next year Always good to uh, be seen in areas that you want to be noticed in, um, be, being the recruit. Um, did you guys get a chance to watch the, the Tamar Bates uh, interview? What were your thoughts on, on, on that? Jay, I see you smiling. Uh, what, what stood out, uh, you know, besides uh, Jared just does a really good job of, of leading them into discussions. Uh, what, what stood out uh, for you in, in episode two of the Inside Scoop? I mean, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I, I don't know who came up with the idea. I don't know if it's Jared's brainchild, but it's uh, Tamar's a fantastic interview. You can tell that, that both he and his brother Trey have been raised incredibly well. Uh, their interactions are, are incredible. I mean, just Trey kind of, you know, a little pushing in not in his little brother about, you know, about their times on the basketball court together. Um, if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, just, I mean, it's, it's definitely worth, worth your time. Um, I, can't help but with with uh, Trey all the best. He's playing in JUCO this year, um, and, you know, and, and he, he freely admitted that you know he wasn't always the best student, and he's working hard to get that that part of his uh, part of his life together so he can hopefully play at D one next year. Um, but nothing but the best of that family. They seem like all amazing people. 
Yeah, I, I can't wait till the dad gets on to a chance to defend himself because he caught some uh, caught some shrapnel toward the end of that one about their their games in the driveway. But yeah, just uh, it seems like a really fun family and uh, you know kind of basketball crazy, which I think uh, everybody in, in Bloomington will respect for sure uh, as you go through that part of it. But uh, yeah, just interesting. You know, the whole the whole one of the ideas of it was just to be able to to kind of get to know. Um, you know, some of these guys a little bit more as people than what we get to see and what we get access to under normal circumstances. And, and I think being able to you know, see the interaction between him and his brother talking about playing together in high school and uh, e- even how Trey said, it, e- even though he was uh, quite a bit younger, you know, that Scoop really took on a leadership role in the team, which I thought was interesting coming into this year where um, I think you can, you can see him. I, I think that's something he's going to want to try to do. Uh, obviously, di- more difficult at the at the college level to do some of that, but uh, a guy who I think gets respect from from other guys, uh, even older, even uh, in, in, and things like that. So I think that'll be interesting to kind of see what kind of leader he becomes, uh, even as a freshman on the IU team this year, based on what we heard. He he just has that infectious personality. Like I, I just couldn't help but lean back here in, in my chair and laugh and smile at, at some of the responses and. And when you have that, you know, hopefully that plays out in the in the team dynamic that, you know, that's a guy that can lead by example, lead by his talk. And there were just so many good good points uh, in that uh, interview. The, the time when Jared asked him about uh, their, their greatest achievement or whatever, and they turned it right to a tough moment, uh, speaks volumes for, for what I think Tamar is uh, as a competitor that he's going to constantly want – uh, to get better, and they talked about missing some free throws and then coming back in the gym and working hard on their own. And then just the fact that they were talking about how they appreciated their dad trying to coach him up in the driveway and in the youth leagues and all the fundamentals, and then how they dropped him, you know, when, once they got to the level where they were good and, and they dropped him. So it's must-watch uh, the next show or the next two shows whenever we can get uh, Dad Bates on the show to kind of defend himself. It is it is must-see uh, inside scoop, uh, television. So, uh, we've talked quite a bit about, uh, all of these headlines, uh, Noah Clowney. Uh, the one thing I think he has not taken is Alabama visit that had to be, um, rescheduled. And I think he is going to before, uh, November 1st. I'm not positive on that. Any news on that, Jay, uh, whether he's going to fulfill that or have you heard anything in the Noah Clowney recruitment? That's an interesting one. It's been it's been really quiet. Um, I think there was some IU momentum there for a little while, um, but there's also the the IU scholarship issue. That I mean, I know those things tend to work themselves out, but I know IU's overbooked for next year, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, I, I know IU still very much after Noah and, and would really like him to to join the recruiting class, uh, but you know, he's it's the whole his whole recruitment's been very close to the vest and just. Uh, you know, hopefully once we get closer to his, to his announcement, uh, we'll get a little more information. But uh, right now it's, it's uh, I think it's all up in the air. Andy, have you heard, heard anything about uh, Clowney? No, I'm, I'm more on your page on the uh, recruiting <laughs> front coach. I think just cause I don't, uh, I don't probably have enough time to, uh, to follow that as well. So I'll yield to, I'll yield to Jay on that one for sure. What are you trying to say there, Andy? Jeez. I, I know there was a, <laughs> <laughs> I know there might have been some uh, some connection uh, with a coach or AAU coach with Virginia Tech or something like that. So again, that that one's I think a little bit more up in the air um, at at this time. 
Okay, uh, coming up on Assembly Call Radio, it's our annual preseason over and under segment. Uh, Jay has come up with some really good and fun over and unders for us to sink our teeth into. We'll do that next here on the Assembly Call. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hi, this is James Blackman Jr. I never miss an open three, and I never miss an episode of The Assembly Call. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosier. Welcome back to The Assembly Call. How do you keep up with all with the fire hose of information that comes out almost every day about IU basketball? It's crazy during the offseason, and just in a couple weeks, it's going to get crazy during the season. Well, we've got your back. Uh, we send out a free weekly email newsletter on Sunday mornings. It rounds up the most important and interesting IU basketball stories from the previous week to keep you up to date on your Hoosiers. Over 8,000 of your fellow IU fans are on the list, and we want you to be on there too. So go to join.assemblycall.com to subscribe for free right now. That's join.assemblycall.com. You can also text IU to 66866. That's IU to 66866. Okay, I'm the coach, uh, Brian Tonsoni. We have a full house here. We have uh, Jared and Andy and Jay, and we're about ready to uh, get this season going with the little over and unders uh, that uh, Jay has come up with. He set the line. He's the bookie. Well, I mean, not the bookie, but he's the house. Uh, and um, we're going to turn it over to him, and then we're going to uh, give our over unders. It'll be recorded on the show, and it'll be documented, and then we'll check at the end of the season to see who was uh, the better predictor of IU stats. Jay, um, take it over. All right. Thanks, Coach. Um, I think this is either the second or third year we've done this. Um, the issue has been IU, IU end of seasons have gone so poorly over the last few years that I've stopped keeping track. And so, um, and then I just, I just forget about it. And then Jared emails me eight months later and it's like, Hey, what happened last year? And I'm like, I have no idea. So this year, we don't want want to relive it anyway. We haven't had a season (laughs) worth reliving a year and eight months later. It doesn't matter. (laughs) So this year, I promise um, that the season's going to go better. And also that I will, we will have a season recap of these over-unders to see who takes the championship belt 
Uh, maybe we'll have to get a championship belt that we can uh, pass around. I'm sure Ryan will submit his picks about five games into the season, and then yeah. uh, he'll claim that he won. So, um, chat mob, I, as I read these out, feel free to drop your answers in the chat. We'll take an informal poll, and then we'll record the chat mob's answer, and then we'll measure them against our uh, our panel here. The first one, the first one on the books, has been posted in the, in the assembly call community. I'm making a I'm making a spur of the moment decision. It. I'm making a spur of the moment decision. The over under for Trace Jackson Davis double doubles is now 13 and a half. There was way too much action on the over at 12 and a half. The book has bumped it up to 13 and a half. Trace had 10 double doubles last year and obviously fewer games last year than there are on the schedule this year. So over under 13 and a half, Trace Jackson Davis double doubles. Let's go to our fearless leader, Jared Morris. Uh, I'm going to hit the under on that, and it's a hopeful under because, look, we know he's going to score the points. So this is really just a matter of how many times do we think he's going to hit double digits and rebounds. My hope is that Michael Durr can play enough minutes and play enough games that Trace doesn't have to get that many rebounds um, because last year we didn't have Joey Brunk. So I'm kind of hopeful that with Race, with Michael Durr, it's going to re- relieve some pressure on Trace. He's going to get the points. But I just don't think he's going to hit the rebounds as much. But I actually think it's a good thing. Coach? I'm going to go over. Uh, but I, I'm going to agree with Jared. It's all going to come down to rebounding. And, and if I'm wrong, it's because he, he doesn't get those rebounds. And that could be a good thing, too, because uh, of other people rebounding or, or just sometimes the ball goes somewhere else. And, and I told you, Jay, when we were talking about this, that sometimes you might just get eight to nine and have a great night and miss that that double. But in, in 31 games, is this also 31 games or any tournament games? We, we haven't talked about that. I'll just say in 31 games, uh, I think he's just poised to have a really good year, even though there's more talent and, and more ability to share uh, some of the points and, and some of the things with this team. I think Trace is that dominant, uh, all-American type year. I think he's going to have uh, at least 14 double-doubles. Hey, Coach, well, if we make the tournament part. and excuse the over-unders, I'm fine with that. It's good. Let's, we'll let's say, enjoy we'll that say, problem. <laughs> we'll say that the regular season and Big Ten tournament count for these. Okay. Okay, so one game in the Big Ten tournament. Okay. <laughs> there it was. I mean, we were all thinking it, but you, yeah. Uh, I, I'll take the over as well. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with what Jared said necessarily, but I think in a league where you're going to need uh, – him to play as many minutes as you can, given the quality of other big men. I think you're going to need him out there uh, a, a decent amount. So I'll, I'll use last year if he had ten and a, a more limited set of games, and it feels feels plausible to uh, to do better than that. All right, and from what I what I saw, the chat mob went under. So I'm giving the chat mob under on that. All right, question two: Xavier Johnson over under four and a half assists per game. Last year, Rob led the team with 2.9 a game. But Xavier, when he was at Pitt, averaged between four and a half and 5.7 assists per game. So that's what we're uh, that's what we're working with there. Let's uh, swing it to coach. Oh, this is tough. Um, I really want it to be over because if it's over, we're we're going dancing and and we're going to have uh, have a really good season. So I'll gladly lose this. I'm going to officially say just a slightly under because I think um, Rob's going to get some time at, at at pushing the ball as well, and so uh, I I think he's going to be slightly under. 
Let's go, Andy. Yeah, I, I'm going to need to uh, fight the urge to be overly optimistic here because after watching the uh, you know the football season, everybody just feels like they need a, a win of some kind. I'm watching the Eagles do whatever it is that they're doing. Uh, Reds completely collapsed, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over again. Why not? Um, I think I I think part of this is pace related. In in my view, I mean IU if they want to get up and down, there's going to be more possessions, more opportunities for that. Now, the flip side is uh, you need somebody on the end of these passes actually making shots, which has been one of the uh, one of the issues in uh, in converting assists in recent years. So uh, it's also a little bit of a bet on the supporting cast, but I'll, I'll take the over because I think. Uh, he's going to have the ball in his hands the majority of the time in a fast-paced offense. We hope to be a fast-paced offense. I'll take the over. All right, we got one over, one under. Chat mob looks like tied right now at over-under, so I need some more people to chime in on that one. And Jared, where are you? It's tough. I want to go over, but my, my gut feeling says under. Just Jared, because, why do you hate this team? That's the first question. No, but I don't. But again, I don't think it's bad because I think for this team to hit the ceiling, that means Christian Lander's probably playing more minutes, and that probably takes some assists away from Xavier Johnson. So I don't think it's a bad thing if Xavier Johnson, Rob Finnessy, and Christian Lander, and maybe even a Trey Galloway, kind of split some of the assists to where one guy doesn't dominate it. So you know, look, I think Xavier Johnson is going to have the ball in his hands a lot. I think he'll lead the team. But I just the, the way I kind of see it working, and maybe it's just because we haven't had a high assist guy in a while, so I struggle to visualize it. I just feel like there will be a more of an equal distribution of the assists. So I'm gonna go slight under, you know, four point one, four point two. Just it's tough for me to see it another way. And all right, I think we have a, an under in the chat mob by maybe one. That was that was incredibly close. So chat mob is pessimistic, like uh, like Jared. So that's, is that about being pessimistic? <laughs> Welcome back, Jared. (laughs) All right. So this is one of my favorite stats. This is for Race Thompson, and this is stocks per game. And stocks are steals plus blocks. Race averaged 2.3 stocks last year. I'm setting the over under at 2.5 stocks for Race Thompson per game. Let's go to Andy. Um, I'll take the I'll take the under on that one. I guess I, you know, I. A little bit hard to gauge without having a great idea of how the team's going to play defensively, how they're going to – I think Race will play a lot, as we've said, just because of what he means to the team from an effort standpoint, leadership. Um, but I, it just – I don't know. It's close enough I'll take the under to be uh, – at least at least take the uh, the underside of one of these. So I'll, uh, I'll go under on Chat that. Chat mob coming in hard on the over. Hard on the over. All right, Jared, what do you got? I'm bullish on race, man. I'm going over. I think this has been this is kind of the underrated thing that he's done really well. I remember I did an article about this last year where, you know, you look at guys that end up, you know, going to the NBA from Indiana, guys like Victor Oladipo, OG Ananobi, Jawan Morgan. They're guys that have high block percentages and steal percentages. And Race Thompson has been one of those guys where his block plus steal percentage has been Last year was his lowest at 7.4. Prior to that, it was above eight both seasons. And so I see him, you know, getting a lot of minutes. I'm really hopeful his offensive game comes around, but this is the thing that he does really well. And so I'm I'm smashing that over button. Coach. I I'm gonna go over. I I just think race is poised to to have a dominant year and he's gonna be dominant 
on his defensive end, but I also see his offensive game elevating this year, and he's going to be one of the surprise players. I don't think he's maybe going to get over 10 points or anything explode like that, but he's going to win a lot of games on both ends, and so I think that elevates from 2.3 to above 2.5. Uh, Race Thompson might be the best defender all the way around uh, hustle guy uh, that we've seen in a long time, and I, I think he'll he'll go down uh, as that that guy. This is definitely a pro race Thompson podcast. I'll, I'll give you guys that. All right, and Ryan's Next. not even here. His biggest <laughs> fan. <laughs> we'll, we'll mark Ryan down for under there just to change things up. <laughs> Time has proven me right on virtually nothing. Nice. <laughs> All right, next one. I like this one. Parker Stewart. Number of made threes per game. I, I thought Jay the, subtly like gives himself credit. Ooh, I like this one. Boy, whoever made this one really did a good job. <laughs> hey, coach already told me he liked this one, so this is on coach. So you know he already patted me on the back. So now I'm just you know reinforcing that. All right, Parker Stewart over under made threes per game. I have it at two, two flat, two point zero. Just for comparison, Armand last year led the team and made threes point per game at 1.6. The year before that, um, Devontae Green had 2.03 threes per game coming off the bench. So, all right, let's go to Jared. Over. I'm, I'm bullish on Parker Stewart. I love the way he shoots. This team needs shooting. Uh, and this is a guy who's done it in two different shooting environments. At Pitt, he was a catch-and-shoot guy in the ACC. At Tennessee Martin, he was off the dribble, creating his own shot. I'm a little worried just because he hasn't played in a year and it's new teammates and all that stuff, but he's already had one transition, so he's kind of used to that. So I think Parker Stewart's going to be awesome this year, and I think the underrating of Parker Stewart is one of the reasons why people are less optimistic on Indiana uh, than you might otherwise be. So I'm going over. He's the best shooter on the team. He'll get more than two. Chat Bob agrees. What do you got, Coach? Uh, man, this is another one where <laughs> – the fan of me says, go over, go over, because if it's over, we're winning, right? I mean, we need shooting. Uh, that is uh, 64 made threes. Uh, I can see if he hits this, it's. I think he's going to have games where he goes four or five and just goes off, and then he's going to be shut down a game. So the number comes down to just how, how does it average out. I'm going to go over because uh, I, I do think that he's hungry to play. He's very motivated for a lot of reasons uh, to play, and I think once he gets uh, – his, his feet set um, in playing in this league, I, I think you're going to see enough games where uh, he has multiple threes to be able to hit that average. What do you got, Andy? I'll go I'll go over. i got to get Xavier Johnson got to get those assists somewhere, so I'm right on that one. So I'll do the uh, <laughs> correlation between that and this one. So I'll, I'll go over. Yeah, that's a, that's a, uh, an over across the board. All right, next one. Another, staying on the three-point topic, Miller Cop. Three-point percentage over under 38%. Last year, Miller Kopp at Northwestern shot 32%. However, he shot 40% the year before that. Coach, what do you got? Uh, I, I'm going over because I think he's going to get more open looks. Uh, I think at Northwestern last year, he was one of the guys that you took away. And so some of his shots uh, had, to, had to be somewhat more contested uh, because of the defense, and then he was the guy where you're going to take late shot clock shots and, and those types of things. I think he gets more open looks because of Trace Jackson Davis and Xavier, uh, and, and so the defense is going to have trouble covering everyone, and that's going to leave him open, and if he's open, he's going to be back to the frame to, to that um, 
to the point that he was 40% uh, that second year. So I, I think uh, he'll easily go over 38%. Andy. Wow. E- easily go over. Easily. Man, easily. Easy. 42. <laughs> Mark it down. Ooh, 42. Boy, Jeez, I tell you. Uh, I'm going to go shoot. I'm going to go slightly under on this one. I think he's up above. I think he's he's a good you know, few percentage points better than – a year ago, but maybe not quite to the other, uh, quite to the other level. I'd say 36, 37 or, or so. So I'll, I'll, I'll go slight under on that one. Jared. Yeah. I, I love Miller Cobb, but it's just, I'm just going to kind of play the odds and go under. I think he'll still be a really good shooter. He'll hit a lot of big shots, but the guy's taking 333 shots, you know, playing at a big 10 school and he's 35.7%. No shame in that, but he can shoot 37% and still be a huge weapon for Indiana. So if he goes over, that's great, but it's, just seems like the more unlikely of the scenarios and there was another really close one with the chat mob it looks like i'm gonna say jack's late switch from under to over swung it to the over for uh for the cops a man of the people he's they're gonna get he's gonna get the over come on a man who does a vlog is not gonna hit shoot 38 percent. he's gonna go over 40 i'm just telling you he's feeling wait jerry did you take jerry did you take over or under under Okay, that's what I thought. But I just wanted to make sure you were being pessimistic again. I just wanted to confirm. (laughs) Yep. That's me. I am Mr. Pessimism. (laughs) That's what I do here. I mean, there's there's been a lot of reviews about the Assembly Call podcast that said you guys are just way too negative. So, all right, next one. (laughs) We got (laughs) Tamar Bates over under 10 points per game. And I think we are to Andy. Um... I'm going to say over. Uh, I I just find it hard not to be bullish on him and the fact that he can score in different ways. Uh, I think he's going to be hard to take off the floor. Now the challenge might be, is he a starter at the beginning of the season? And, you know, in terms of like averaging that over the course of the year might be tricky because he, he may be a, uh, you know, six man coming off the bench early on, but uh, I'll stick with my general optimism and, and say over on that one. Jared, what do you got? I'm I'm hitting the over. I I tend to think the trajectory of his season will be like what Jade Ivey did at Purdue last year, where and I think he's better than Jade Ivey for the record. But comes in, you know, Jade Ivey, you know, his first his first eight games, he had twelve points, four points, four points, zero, eleven, eight, zero, six, and then his last seven games, twenty six, nineteen, seventeen, eighteen, fourteen, fifteen, eleven. You know, he really came on. But the thing is, he came on without being able to shoot. And Tamar already projects as a better shooter. Now, projecting freshmen as shooters, sometimes really good shooters struggle as freshmen. And I do think Tamar will struggle as a shooter, but I think he'll be better than Jaden Ivey. And so if Jaden Ivey did that, I think Tamar will do it. Um, But I think he's going to have to catch up over the second half of the Big Ten season. But I think he's one of our five best players. And so I think he'll be playing a lot more minutes by then anyway. So I'm going over. All right, A lot lot of cupcakes early in the schedule, too. So that might help him get a little more run early in the – earlier in the year, even though he may not be starting at that point. I'm going to go under, and and that's not any negative uh, of Tamar. Somebody's got to score less than 10 points, and I think there's some other places where the points are are going to accumulate. Uh, And for the reason of I I think that he's going to have difficulty catching up, I also agree by the end of the year he'll be averaging 12 or 13 in those last five or six games. I think I see that progression in him. Uh, But without – you know, a definitive starting spot yet, um, and, and freshman, 
I think there will be some big games for him uh, where he wins games for Indiana uh, with his clutch shooting. And so, again, if this is one I would be gladly uh, wrong on, but I think he's going to be in the eight or nine points uh, as a freshman and then uh, go from there. If only we had an interview with somebody close to Tamar that talked about Tamar being able to, you know, set it, somebody set it down screen for him and popping out and hitting threes, uh, you know, and, and not letting Tamar get too hot. I mean, if, if anybody did that interview, I'd love to hear it. If only. I've got, right. I got I got to ask Tamar what his thoughts on the over-under are. <laughs> there we the go. The dude will say over. That interview <laughs> was so good. I was ready to go play a game after watching that interview. I mean, he had me so fired up just the way he loved to compete and get better. Um Man, you know, that dude is that dude has an infectious personality. You, you I mean, asked him, up. Yeah. You asked him about one of his greatest successes and he talks about one of his struggles, which ended up in a three hour free throw shooting marathon back in the gym. I mean, that tells you right there how how wrong I'm gonna be on this under ten points. And I can't yeah. believe you're going under here. That was wild. Doing? I mean that yeah, if you haven't listened to that interview, please just get just, Pause this. Go do that. Actually, don't do that. Listen to this rest of this. Then go do that. <laughs> All right. Next one, Rob. Oh, sorry. The chat mob went over. They went. They were hard over on Tamar. Oh, All yeah. right, Rob Fantasy. Over or under. We assume Rob's going to be the sixth man for the majority of this season. Over or under twenty one and a half minutes per game. And this is just for comparison's sake. Trey Galloway had the the sixth highest minute total last season. And he played 19.7 minutes per game. So Rob Fennessy over under 21 and a half. Um, I think we're back to Jared. Over. His defense is going to get him on the floor. I think he's going to be able to play off the ball more where he's been more successful offensively. But also the fact that he is kind of your second point guard, you know, when Xavier Johnson gets in foul trouble or has a rough night where his emotions maybe are running a little bit high and Rob has to play more. I just think there's a lot of avenues for Rob to get minutes. And I don't think 21 and a half is that high of a bar to clear. So I think he hits the over. Coach? I'm going to go over. Um, if it doesn't hit, it's it's a good thing because, you know, Christian Lander, it, it may be taking some of those minutes and it drops down to 19 or 20 uh, and some other people can step up and play defense. But uh, I, I really think um, Rob's style is going to be uh, – uh, catchy on the defensive end and I think he's going to have uh, as good a year as we need him to be I don't think he needs to be great but uh, he's going to be a, a good addition I think he's going to be over tw those 21 and a half I got to get that drop coach thanks for reminding me I haven't gotten that yet he needs to put it on a t-shirt yeah, this, this was tough I keep trying to put these in the context of what I answered for the others and see like how could some of these things be uh all happen at the same time. You're going to tie yourself in knots if you do that. Better just I, to, you know, go I, with your gut. Yeah, <laughs> I, my, yeah my, my gut on this one was was over. I started thinking about the other way because of the uh, taking the over on the assist for Xavier and the threes for Parker Stewart and stuff like that. But I, I think defensively is, is where he probably, uh, you know, gets some extra minutes late in games when they really need guys to, to lock down. And I think he's going to play – uh, enough just based on all the, the positive buzz he's gotten in the offseason um, from, from Woodson and other players around him. So I'll take the over. 
Andy can't help but think of things like a bracketologist. You know, it's like if if you put one person here, then how's that going to affect over here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're all trying to win, so you know, you know. I think I think the chat mob is is a very slight over. Uh, I'm going to give it that way just because Joel changes mind, and if Joel changes his mind on top, then I mean, you got to go with you got to go with yes. that. <laughs> all right, next one. This is this is one of my favorite ones. Jo- Jordan Geronimo. Total dunks over or under 15 and a half. He had six last year. Thank you to Bark Torvik for tracking shots now. So now we, on his site, we can see how many dunks people have. And so Jordan had six last year. Over or under this year is 15 and a half. Let's go to coach. Over. The dude's a freak athlete. He's going to get four or five tip dunks just from all out hustle on rebounds. He's going to get out on the break. And the guards are going to hit him, and he's going to come in. And, and, you know, as much as we like shooters, there's guys that have been known to go and dunk the basketball. You know, it's a good thing Jared's not here because he'll bring up a certain uh, game and a, a certain dunk uh, from Marco Killingsworth, right, in, in that game. Isn't that what he you refers to? I, I mean, Jared's not here. Ryan. I mean, Ryan. I was looking at Jared and thinking of Ryan. Come um, on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm getting old. And, uh, yeah, I think – you know he is gonna he's gonna be that guy that gets people going uh, with his hustle defensively and rebounding, and I think uh, easily over. For for Kathy Amos in the chat, who apparently can't pay attention, it's the over under is fifteen and a half <laughs> on Jordan Geronimo dunks. <laughs> she's come on, Kathy. Come on, Kathy. <laughs> and we are to Andy. <laughs> oh boy. Um. I'll I'll take the under I guess I have no idea what a good uh, what what are what a good average number of, of dunks in a season would be for somebody so I'll uh, I'll take the under I guess I appreciate that contribution Andy Jared <laughs> yeah I kind of want to take the under almost as you know just kind of keeping with the fact that I'm you know hopeful that Michael Durr plays a lot and that maybe that limits actually some of the opportunities that Jordan Geronimo has but I also think I mean he only played 15 percent of minutes last year and had six dunks and I think he's gonna play 40 45 percent of minutes I mean he's just he's gonna get time and we're gonna be playing more up tempo and I think like this team got no transition opportunities Almost all of his dunks were just on broken defense against Iowa, basically. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure like three or four of them came against Iowa, which everybody gets dunks against Iowa. Um, so I think he'll, I think he'll have more opportunities. So anyway, all that to say, I'm going over, but I'm a little, I'm a little hesitant about it. Um, but I'm going over, and I'm still really excited about what Jordan can do this year. And coach, you were, you were over as well, right? Yes, over. And the chat mob was was a strong over. Too. So only only Andy's being being the negative guy. I'm just I'm just here for the fundamentals. We don't need uh, <laughs> dunks. <laughs> yeah, we don't need we don't need to show off. Andy asked for uh, over under on number of perfectly set screens, but I, I didn't know how to track that. So <laughs> Ooh. we also right. haven't seen one in like five years. <laughs> All right. So now we're into, uh, some kin, into some Ken Palm stuff. All right. So this is an interesting one. Over under. Ken Palm offensive efficiency ranking. The over-under is at 30 and a half. So under means that IU finishes with a top 30 offense. So it means they finish in the top 30 of um, offensive, offensive efficiency 
That's what under means, over means. It's worse than that. We IU was 70th last year. They're starting the projection, the Kim Palm projection, in 42nd this year. Uh, let's go to Andy first. Oh, boy. Jeez, uh, have you looked at the offensive efficiencies the last four years? I mean, I'm sure we all remember. Spoilers. Oh, my it's, God, it's, it's been heinous. It's, it's been bad. Yeah. It's, it's I, actually I, worse than I thought. I thought we had at least one decent season under Archie. I we swore. Really yeah, I, I – no, I swore I would not look back at those statistics, so I I, I refuse. Yeah, uh, under is good, over is bad. I, I'm going to take the over slightly. I think they, I, I think it's a reasonably good number to set, but I just think is that you know first year with him, they'd already talked about you know offense isn't one of the things they put in. Now you can make up for a little bit of that by playing good defense and, and getting yourself some easy baskets. But um, I guess I'll kind of play the percentages and take the uh take the over on that until we get a better idea what's going on and, and hope to be proven wrong Jared, jeez man i was ready to take the over but i mean like we can it's still only, it's improve. only a top 30 offense i mean what do you got you know what? yeah but top 30 offense given where we've been that seems monumental so i'm actually gonna go i'm going slightly under like i think we'll be top 40 but i just that well, hang on. Oh, I'm going to try and be realistic. Yeah, other way around. That means if you're going to top 40, that's over. Top top 30 is under. Fine, yes. I don't think that our offense will be as good as 31. I think we'll have a worse offense. Not by a lot. But I'm just I'm trying to be reasonable. because, And I hope I'm wrong on that. But it's just, again, it's been so long since I've seen an offense that's that good. I guess I just struggle to see what it looks like before the season starts. All right, Jared and Andy are both overs, meaning that IU will not have a top 30 offense. What do you got, Coach? Under. I, I think the NBA kind of uh, stuff that Coach Woodson's going to bring in is enough to get us under. I don't know for the very things that uh, both of you said about not knowing the offense yet. I, I think it's going to hover 25 to 30, and I'm really taking a risk because um, I think that's just a lot to ask. But I, I think – we are going to see uh, this team play downhill more, and I think, one, it's going to be enjoyable, and I think uh, we, we are going to move up uh, from 42nd, and I do think we'll be top 30 offense. I think it's going to be a surprise, and um, uh, I'm excited to see this offense. All right. The chat mob is not as excited because they are all going over. Um, again, feeding off Jared's pessimism, which I, you know, I got to get. All right, next question is the same, but for the defense. So over under 30 and a half, Kim Palm defensive efficiency, Jared. Under. Our defense will be better. We will have a top 25 defense. The rocks of this team, the seniors, Rob Finnessy and Race Thompson, it's what they do the best. You know, Trace has improved as a defender. You know, I think we've got some good defensive pieces, and it's Mike Woodson's focus right now. You know, and I just think with the energy and kind of the effort that I think these guys will play with kind of under a new coach, having you know the assembly hall crowd back, um, I think we'll be I think we'll be rock solid defensively. I don't, I don't think we'll get, you know, super high, but I definitely think we'll have a top 25 defense. And just for some some notes, um, I use defense finished 43rd last year. They are currently projected at 23rd um, in Ken Palm. So, coach, what do you got? Uh, under uh, this team's going to guard, and despite Joel saying that, I, I think we're going to go to the Final Four. I, I think this team's going to be really good. I don't think that they'll be a Final Four team, but this team's going to guard, and they're going to play some good offense, and it's going to be a top twenty-five team by the end of the year. Andy, 
Yeah, I, I'll go under on that one. I don't, we don't need to get into any more reasons why than uh, what everybody else had. I just think that's such a big focus for Woodson. That's what he's harped on every media availability about really wanting to stand for that. So uh, I think if there's one of these they get, that's the one. And uh, the chat mob, I think, was damn near unanimous over there. They were all, they were all on the underside too. All right. This is, this is one that the last four years has really hurt my soul. It's Ken Palm adjusted tempo. Um, we were 289th uh, in tempo last year for how fast IU's possessions went. Um, you know, for all the for all the promises about we were going to play an up tempo uh, game that never materialized. So IU is 289th last year. We're projected right now at 216th. I'm setting the over under at 150th. Basically, can we be one of the fastest? 150 teams in college basketball this year under means we're, we're faster. Uh, let's go to coach. <laughs> Man, I, I think we're going to play faster. I just don't have any idea if we're going to be able to move up to, to 150. That's the top half. Um, I want the heck go under. That's the spirit. What we got Andy? You're better. Let's play fast. Let's score the basketball. Let's have some fun on offense. I'll say under on that. I think most things that we've heard suggest they want to get out and try to try to run. I think the defense helps with that a little bit uh, if they can create some turnovers and uh, do things that way. So I think the desire is to be able to hit it, whereas um, you know that that certainly has not been the the desire in the last few years, and the results uh, in terms of tempo bear that out. I mean, it sounded like the desire was to play fast the last few four years, but I'm not sure that ever materialized. Jared, what do you got? The constantly waving arm would suggest that that was the goal, and yet it didn't happen. So I think it all sounds good in the preseason. I also think old habits die hard, and I also think the offense is still predicated around getting the ball inside to Trace Jackson Davis, which just takes time to materialize. So I think we'll play faster. I think we'll get out and transition more, all that stuff. And maybe this is just like, I don't know. It, it's more of just a qualitative judgment. I don't know if we'll be top 150 because I don't know what everybody else is going to do. But just as a general thought, I, I think we'll be faster, but not maybe as fast as everybody thinks or hopes. Because, you know, like Rob, I think Rob's going to be better, but Rob just isn't a fast playing player. You know, will he be more like that in the new system? Again, we've seen one thing for three years. Hopefully we see something new. But I just I don't think we're going to be as much faster as everybody thinks. So I'll just I'll take the over for that or under whatever, whatever it is. Jared has a lot of PTSD about IU's offense the last four years, which I completely understand because we all yeah. we all were there. We watched it; it all sucked. So, all right, Num number of players. I'm oh, sorry, the chat Bob was under with uh, with Coach and Andy. All right, number of players to start a game. So last year, seven different players started a game for IU. The year before, eight different players started a game. Let's go the over-under. It's seven and a half. Number of players to start a game. I have no idea where we are in this thing, but let's go to coach. Um, I, I, I think this is going to be interesting because injuries will play a big part in that, uh, obviously. You you have a couple guys that are on the bench in, that, in the Bahamas in Tamar and Rob that easily could find their way into the starting lineup just for performance. Um, I, for that reason, I think there's definitely seven. 
I'm going to go over just to account for a, a bum ankle or something here or there, and a Geronimo has to step in or, or someone has to step in at some point. So I'm going to go over seven and a half players to start a game. Andy, what do you got? Uh, I'll take the under. I think there's – I looked over the roster that felt like seven. I think Geronimo is the, the swing player in that, at least based on the way that I looked at it. Um, but I think you can mix and match a little bit potentially, even if you do have some injuries. And uh, and that's all. I'll take under. Chat mob's going hard over. What do you got, Jared? Yeah, I'm going over. Again, you know, a guy like tomorrow will end up starting. And I think, unfortunately – you know, you have to just kind of factor in there'll probably be an injury at some point. For God's sakes, this team isn't even healthy enough to hold a scrimmage early in the season. So let's hope they got it all out of their system already. So I'm very hopeful about that. But I think it's a testament to A, it's a deeper roster. So I mean you can legitimately see more guys potentially starting. Um, but I just think it's I just think it's more likely. So I'm going over. Fair enough. Now I have like three or four more. Do we want to keep going or you want to take a break? Yeah, let's just roll through them real quick, and then we'll all right. Then we'll get up to second three. All right. Now we have the number of non-conference losses. I've set the over/under at one and a half. I know we've had a lot of talk about what the schedule looks like. You know, maybe there's only you know a, there's only one road game, there's one neutral site game, a bunch of home games. Over/under one and a half on non-conference losses. Andy, what do you got? I'll take the under. I think they lose one. Uh, I think we were, I think there's been some show in the off season where we've talked about this. And I think I, I don't remember whether it was the Syracuse one or uh, I think Notre Dame's projected to be a bit better. Ken Palm really likes Notre Dame uh, this year, which seems a little bit odd given how they've been the last few, but uh, yeah, I'll say, I'll say under, I think they lose one. Jared. Yeah, I'll go under two. I'll say one. I'm, I'm going under to uh, Syracuse game is going to be really tough uh, at Syracuse in, in the first uh, game against that zone. I should have just said it at, you know, a half and then made you guys act, you know, choose if who was going to win that Syracuse game. But uh, I, I feel like you'd I mean, like you been the same way if you said it a half. I bet everybody would have said over. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, one and All a right. half is a good number because, I, I mean, I am a little worried about just stubbing our toe. You know, I mean, there's a learning there's a learning curve for Coach Woodson and this new staff and everything. So, I mean, I'm not going to be shocked if they, you know, drop one that you shouldn't. Where just it's just kind of one of those nights. Wait, hold on. Let me check check the schedule for Indiana State. Make sure Indiana State's not on the schedule. All right, we're good. All right, (laughs) unfortunately, it's 297th Eastern Michigan. We are not okay. Yeah, Indiana State is not going to make 18 threes against us in the first game of the Mike Woodson era. Okay, we're we're better. We're good there. All right. Um, all right, here's a okay number of Big Ten wins over under 11 and a half. I tried to make this one a little more difficult for you guys. Ken Palm projects us at 10 Big Ten wins. I think Bark Torbett projected us at 11 Big Ten wins over under 11 and a half. What do you got, Jared? Over. Well, we'll win 12. I think this team's going to round into shape. I think we'll lose a, a few early that maybe we're frustrated by. But I think this team's going to hit its stride and play well, you know, down the stretch with the schedule that they have. So, I'm going over. Uh, I, I think um, I, I just think this team has enough to get to 12 or 13 uh, big, big Ten wins. Uh, and, and I just I just think it's time. it's this time. Maybe I'm wishful thinking, but uh, they're talented uh, enough to um, 
to get 12 and 8, I think, is a, a fair mark. And it. Is he going to do it? Uh, yeah, I feel like I, I feel like I tried to look through this before. I, the, the fact that they have so many games against the teams projected lower in the Big Ten makes me feel better about going slightly over. So I'll, I'll say twelve and be optimistic. I think it probably ends up being eleven or twelve. Well, well done setting the uh, over under because I think that I think ten and a half would have been too easy for everybody to go over. But I'll I'll be optimistic. I mean, if they they finish. You know, fifth or sixth in the Big Ten. I think you're. I mean, I think you could do that, even being twelve and eight, given how everybody's going to beat up on each other. But I think the schedule itself is easier than it has been relative to previous years. All right, we got two more. This is not. This is one of my. This is the my only non over under. Who's going to be the the player with the best three point percentage for IU this year on a minimum minimum of fifty attempts? So not somebody who just takes you know one a game and and makes you know 20 of them or whatever best so percentage uh, percentage wise at least 50 at least 50 attempts best three-point shooter um let's go to coach oh man it's gonna be a tight race between parker stewart and miller cop but i think parker stewart's uh, the better shooter um and um so i think he will um he'll be the best three-point shooter andy nope <laughs> oh, Jared! Jared has strong opinions Jared's on this. Throwing go, some go shade ahead. already. I do. I right, know go where Jared's going. I think I know. It's going to be. It's going to be Anthony Leal, the guy. The guy. We're talking. We're just talking about percentage, right? He's got to shoot, 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 shoot fifty attempts. attempts Minimum fifty. Yeah, attempts. I think he'll get. I think he'll get fifty attempts. I mean, we're running offense. That's a little over one a game. You know, he's going to go in with a green light from his coach. He's going to have a little one over role. one a game. That's like one point. Yeah, taking uh, it's like one point six seven a game, right? Yeah, and he's going to get some minutes, especially early on in the season. And again, he's he's a good shooter who struggled a little bit with speed of the game as the as a freshman, but we saw him get out there and do it. And I think there's he's going to get. I think I think he'll get enough shots. And I think when he gets in there, he's a guy who will shoot high thirties, low forties at a minimum. I believe in him as a shooter. And I think the fact that he's on a lower volume is why I think his percentage will be able to be up because he's going to go in for one thing. He's going to be like the Nick Zeisloft to just go in and make threes. So I don't think he's a better shooter than those other guys. I just think his role is going to be so defined and he's going to be at a lower volume that he's going to do it. And I like shooters between their freshman and sophomore year like an Armand Franklin. You know, you're used to the speed of the game. You're re- you've made that adjustment. So Nope. I'm taking. All right, what do you got, Andy? After Jared interrupt, pull to Ryan just you know just to honor him and and for not being here. Interrupt. Let me just jump in real quick. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. I again, I'm trying to see how I can uh, how I can correlate this with other stuff that I that I uh, picked already. Um, (laughs) I'll say uh, I'll say scoop. Why not? Whoa, that's where I thought Jared was going. That's what I did I think, too. That's what I did too, coach. I, I, was, <laughs> no, I, don't, between, I, I don't think I he's going to shoot that well from three point range. I, I was believe between in freshman him, shooters. I was between him and and Parker Stewart. So I'll, well, this is uh, pretty crazy because the chat mob picked Parker Stewart. So we have, uh, I guess, I guess coach went with Stewart. I'm surprised nobody went with Miller Cop. I mean, that's a that's look at a, all these options. Look at all these <laughs> options. <laughs> Oh, our theoretical off-season shooting is great, isn't it? <laughs> it's the best in the country. All right, guys, we got the last one and, and probably the most important one. What is Indiana University basketball's 
NCAA tournament seed. Uh, the Art Torvik projects us at, at 6.8. I'm saying the over-under is 6.5. Under means that we're a better seed than 6.5. Over means we're a worse seed. And we'll start with uh, Coach, the host. Let's go. What do we got? I'm going to go over. I, I think the 7-8 seven, um, seven, range is where I think um, they're most likely to land without seeing them play. Um Obviously, this is one I'm going to root for me to miss on, um, because then that's just that's just good news. Um, but that gives me seven to eleven to get in the tournament, which is the number one goal right now, is to get in the tournament at, at any seed. But um, yeah, that's where I think um, over. All right, so coach is picking less than one and a half losses in the non-conference and over 11 and a half wins in the Big Ten, but IU's not going to be a six seed or better. What do you got, Andy? Yeah, I, preseason-wise, I think I I think I was looking through. I probably preliminarily have him as a seven based on where I'm at in the process right now. And if you figure, I know coach talks about this a lot. I mean, a top six seed – suggest you're the top 24 team in the country. I think IU is going to be kind of on that fringe. And if you look at, you know, they're finishing, you know, get 12 big 10 wins. A lot of those may be coming against teams lower in the league. Non-conference schedule isn't great. If we're right about, um, you only having one loss there, you got a couple decent wins. I feel like that puts you in six or seven uh, territory and, and might be a team that struggles a little bit to get road wins, which maybe bumps them down. So I'll say seven. Or, I guess I'll take the, I guess I'll take the over in that case, thinking that they'll probably be in the seven range. Jay, Andy's right. I just right. wanted to demonstrate that I understood the over-under yeah. since Jared had a little bit of trouble with that earlier on some of the prior the, questions. One of the most interesting things that I've learned since doing bracketology is if you're a seven seed, if you're the number one seven seed, you're the 25th best team in, in the tournament. And so if you're ranked 25th at the end of the season and your you know resume matches that ranking – uh, you, you're a seventh. Uh, I used to think anyone below a four was not very good. What I realized is that the top eight seeds are all top 30 teams. That's that's pretty good uh, basketball right there uh, regardless. So, yeah, 20, 12 and 10, that's, uh, what, 22 wins? Yeah, it's going to be the six, seven range uh, if, you, if you do reach those. And if you're a double-digit seed that gets to play Purdue in the first round, you have a really good shot. So, all right, Jared, what do we got? Well, I mean, my projected record is similar to Andy and coaches because I think we'll be 22 and nine. Um, so I really should just go with them since they're the seasoned bracketologists and are much better able to predict this. But I'm going to be an idiot and I'm going to go rogue and I'm going to say that even at that record, we're going to get a six seed. And I think when we look back on it, uh, our two consecutive victories in late January uh, on the 20th at home against Purdue and at home against Michigan, because we're going to go back to back and beat both those teams. Those are going to be huge for our resume. Uh and so I, I I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with six. I'm just gonna believe in in the optimistic side, full well knowing that Coach and Andy are probably right here. <laughs> and man, the chat mob is is all over the place on this. I'm gonna give it a slight under just from scrolling through. And so uh, yeah, that wraps it up. Thanks everybody. And there wow, you nice have job, it, Jay. We'll add. Uh... We'll add Ryan's to the list and, and make an announcement once he uh, sends uh, those those in, and um, we'll see who uh, had the most uh, most picks correct. Actually, I hope a lot of mine are incorrect. Um, 
that uh, means the team's doing doing a little bit better, but nonetheless, good. good yeah, we work. need some kind of prize for it this year. Let's make sure we follow up on this. Let's do yeah, something. the championship belt. Yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Absolutely. So, all right, coming up in our third segment, we'll answer your questions um, that were given to us in the community. We always have some good questions, so stick with us here on the Assembly Call. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. Mm. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. This is Deron Davis. And what's the only thing better than dominating a Duke big man in the post? It's celebrated with friends afterwards. Join Gerard, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the Assembly Hall call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. All right. Gerard. Welcome, <laughs> welcome back. I'm the coach, uh, Brian Tonsoni, and I'm with Gerard, Jay, and Andy here. And it's segment three, um, which can mean only one thing. Subscriber shout out, subscriber shout out. All right, Jared, over to you for some shout outs. Let's do this. Some subscriber shout outs. This is a reward for folks who recommended our email list to other people who joined up. We're going to give you some shout outs. So let's give a shout out to Michael Smock. Michael is from Guilford, Indiana, his favorite IU player of all time. He's got three of them, Scott May, Mike Woodson, and Keith Smart. And boy, if there was an all-time IU basketball three-on-three team, that would be a hell of a team to try to handle right there. Uh, his favorite or his assembly call leader is all of us. So we're going to assume that he's including Ryan in there, not you, Jay. Although after tonight's performance, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Um, and then for his special acknowledgement, he says, I would like to be able to say we are back with the general. Go Hoosiers. Well, we can kind of say that now because, you know, Bob Knight's kind of back in the fold. The family's back together again. That's one of the reasons why we're all feeling so good and so excited heading into this season. And then let's also give a shout out. I believe he's in the audience tonight because I think I saw him there. It is Jack from Carmel, Indiana. His favorite IU player is also Ryan's favorite IU player, Steve Alford. Uh, his assembly call leader. He actually has this written here, ladies and gentlemen, not making this up. This is perfect timing, even though it was accidental. He said, Jared Gerard Morris, as Deron Davis would say. Gerard. So there we Gerard. go. Gerard. That, that is a, a good deep cut there, Jack. We always appreciate that. And then for his uh, special acknowledgement, he says, I would like to take a moment to remember Bobby Slick Leonard. He means so much to the state of Indiana. We will miss him. I want to acknowledge all the former and current IU players and Bob Knight slash Branch McCracken. Mike Woodson is going to lead us back to the promised land with the help of Dane Fife and others. Love the show, guys. That's a fantastic special acknowledgement. Uh, fully endorse all of that. Jack, thank you for being such an awesome, loyal audience member. 
Uh, thank you as well, Michael. So special acknowledgments. We appreciate you guys. Back over to you, Coach. All right, it's time now for um, the rest of our uh, mailbag questions. All questions were submitted via our private IU basketball discussion community, which you can learn more about and join at assemblycall.com backslash community. And we have some good questions as usual. Um, Jeff asks this question, should we be concerned that the secret scrimmage with Cincinnati was canceled last week because of minor injuries and illnesses? Uh, Andy, we'll go to you on your take on on uh, the cancellation of the scrimmage. I mean, it's not great, um, but I don't think, I, I don't know that I'm, I'm worried, but you obviously, you don't want to be dealing with those things now. Um, but I also think it's a measure of, of trying to take care of them now so they don't linger into the season. So not, not overly concerned, but certainly would, would rather the opposite uh, be the case and uh, be interesting to see whether they're able to, to play the other one against Belmont. Uh, whenever that one is supposed to be, and whether they've you know gotten to a point where that's not as much of a concern, because I think those are there. There is value to be gained from being able to 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 have those kinds of opportunities. Um, so hopefully they can get the second one in, but not not overly concerned. Jay, I have, I have no idea if you said Jay or Jared, but I'll I'll, I'll take. I the, said I'll Jay. <laughs> I mean, at a certain point, it has to be a little bit concerning. I mean, they they canceled the the Hoosier Hysteria scrimmage at, at what it seems like the last minute. They canceled the the first scrimmage against Cincinnati. It seems like maybe a day or two before. Um, so obviously, yeah, at a certain point, it becomes concerning. Uh, and who knows what it is? It could be a million things. Um, so I don't, you know, nobody wants to speculate about you know what it might be. From everything I've heard, it all seems like small nagging injuries, and they don't want to push it, which makes sense. I mean, we get we get work our way into the season. We have a number number of games to do that. Um, but you know, when games start, if guys are in boots, I think that's what that's the time to get really concerned. Jared, yeah, I mean, I'm concerned again. You don't want to overreact, but this is valuable time for guys learning new players, six new players in a new system. So yeah, it's concerning because. No matter where this team is on opening night, they're not as far along as they could be. So that's I mean, that's a concern. Hopefully they get the other one in, but it's just, you know, it's it, again, it's smart if you're preventing further injury and getting everybody healthy to the starting line. That's all well and good. It's just concerning that we're not going to be as far along as we could be. Yeah, individually and team, Jared, I, I agree with you. Uh, the individual development is a setback if, if you can't go as a single – uh, individual and then also that team continuity. Uh, the 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 minor clips that they showed uh, did show some players back playing again that were out at Hoosier hysteria. So that uh, was good to see. You know, I think Galloway and Lander I I, I recognized in the in a quick um, thing that I saw there. Joel, by the asked, way, how about that? How about that pass by Logan Duncan off the dribble? One I'm telling hand, you that cutting Trey Galloway. That's great. It's going to be the new Jeremiah April turnaround jumper for me. Well, and, and I think that goes right to our next question too. Um, in the Big Ten, you need 15 fouls from your uh, the five position, especially this year. I don't think there's been much talk about Dur or Duncan filling that role uh, that Joey Brunk couldn't fill last year due to injury. And Archie Miller uh, on on a podcast said that that was a big part. Uh, of uh, issue not having Joey Brunk, uh, Michael Durer has been injured, and we don't know how much he's been able to practice at all since he's been on campus. Uh, the question then becomes, um, 
can Logan Duncan get those minutes uh, off for Trace Jackson Davis at, at a high enough level? Durr at least played two or three years, had some college experience, was seven foot, showed a little bit of offensive game, but more defensive game. Really looking forward to him playing to give Race and, and TJD some rest. Um, so, uh, Jared, your, your thoughts on Durr and Duncan maybe being able to fill that role and what happens if Durr is not available? Yes, I think they're the swing between two and three victories in Big Ten play, just like Joey Brunk was last year. You know, for all of Joey Brunk's issues that, you know, we knew and how imperfect of a player he was, there are like he is one of those guys you can sit back and you can remember the specific games he turned around for Indiana, the Connecticut game. I think it was the Minnesota game at home. You know, the Connecticut game, I think, was his first year. Then the Minnesota game at home. Like, there's just games where his energy and being able to come in for a guy, you know, a big guy that had fouls, you're going to need that in the Big Ten. So, yeah, and I think it's got to be Durr because this is going to be a just a treacherous Big Ten for a freshman to come in and try and do anything. You know, I want the guy that's got some experience. And so, you know, you know, let's not forget how often we came on the postgame show last year. It's like, man, we really could have used Joey Brunk for eight to 12 minutes like that honestly might have swung this game. And I think it's going to be no different. So I hope Durr's healthy. Um, it's not he's not one of those guys that's going to get a whole lot of headlines. But in the Big Ten, you've got to have that guy. So it's really important. Jay and, and, and Andy, I'll, I'll add to that. Do you think that both of them are going to be needed or is one going to step up and be the main um, back up at the five spot, uh, Jay. I mean, I, I think Durr is probably the most important when it comes to that. I mean, it, I, I think IU when they when they have the opportunity will will slide Trace to the five and 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 obviously go a little small go smaller if they can. I mean, Trace is going to start at the five, but we'll we'll play Trace to the five and then maybe you can put in uh, you know Miller at the four um, or I mean you and you can or. Um, you know, Parker at the four or, you know, a number of the guys who, who are, have some size in the wing that can spread the floor. I wouldn't be shocked to see how you do that a decent amount if they have, if they have the opportunity matchup wise, but Durr is just a big body. He can match up against anybody in the conference size wise. And so I think he's incredibly important to the success of the team, especially in those matchups against Illinois, against Purdue, against, against the guys, against Michigan, against the guys where you want to be able to keep trace away from, having to guard Kofi or uh, uh, Eddie or, you know, Dickinson, guys like that. And he can face up and make some shots, yep. too. Like, he's got sure. a little offensive game. Andy? Yeah, I think I think of the – I don't know that you see a situation where you use all of them because I think you factor into some of those 15 fouls of, you know, race being able to play some of those guys at times as well. And I think if one of them steps up, there seems like the logical choice. And you set aside the injury stuff, although they both uh, were banged up for the trip to the Bahamas. But I think – one just college experience uh two who's the overall you know size and and strength that he comes in with and i think he's going to be as jared said more of an offensive threat to at least um give the other uh the other team something to think about so i think of the two you know i think that's why you bring him in on you know given um you know the transfer market and things like that it's probably because you didn't want to have to throw dunk him into that situation right out of the gate 
if Durr is injured, um, I do have a lot of faith in, in Duncan as a player. Uh, yes, he's a freshman. Uh, I, I would prefer Durr to be ready because of all of the things that you guys have said, and I think you're absolutely right. But I'm really sold on, on this kid being here at Indiana and being a really solid player. And, and if maybe we just need five to eight minutes, he's going to hustle. He's going to play hard, um, and, and he'll give you a, a lot. It, it's, it, it might be a little bit of drop-off because of the college experience and just the flat side that Durr has um, and and the strength, but I'm really sold on, on Duncan, um, more so probably in the next few years than this year, but I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be have any pause seeing him on the floor. Um, you know, I, I think he's got a, a motor. So uh, next question, Robot says, uh, which of the top Big Ten teams, however you want to define it, could lose their primary offensive weapon? Uh, Dickinson at Michigan, Coburn at Illinois, uh, Williams or Ivy at Purdue, and still remain competitive this season. So which of the top teams could have a major injury and still stay competitive? Uh, and he said he's not wishing that on anyone. Um, Jay, we'll, we'll go to you first. Which of the top four teams do you think will would be able to withstand a, a loss to their major player? Man, that's tough. Um, man, I'll go – as much as I hate to say it, I'll go Purdue just because I think they have a system that I think tends to work well in the Big Ten. Um, they're incredibly physical. They dare the refs to call fouls. The refs usually don't call fouls. And they can get away with just playing super physical um, on both sides of the ball, really. Um and so if they lost Jaden Ivey, I think they could just go big and just pound it inside and, and still beat a lot of teams and be successful. And if they lose one of the bigs, they've got another one. Right. So yeah, I think this one's easy. I think it's Purdue. I mean, Illinois, if they lose Coburn, they're toast. I don't think they're going to be all that great anyway. Uh, and Michigan, you know, if you lose Dickinson, boy, you're relying on a whole lot of unproven guys. Like Purdue's got a lot of guys that have proven it in the Big Ten. So I think it's them. Andy? Yeah, I would say Purdue as well. I think Dickinson, in addition, he's just so key to what they want to do defensively at Michigan. Then you, you know, to Jared's point, you got transfers and freshmen that you're really relying on pretty heavily there. But I think the defensive element of him is as important as any. I just think the depth there and the ability to replace or kind of cover over uh, what you'd have there with some of those guys is a little bit different. If you throw Ohio State in that mix, I think you know losing Liddell would have a huge. Uh, impact on them as well so um yeah i think i think purdue just from a you know kind of top end talent standpoint has has other guys that could step in and a little bit of duplication at least in some ways of guys where they could they could make it work and, and uh, look at ohio state struggled with the young injury too and he he might not have been their their best player so i think it's going to be difficult for anyone but I do think Purdue is poised probably to be in the best position there. Valerie says, don't we have another close scrimmage scheduled? Yes, it's against Belmont. We don't know the exact date, or does anyone have the date? But I know it's scheduled. And then she follows up by saying, wow, I was really blown away by Archie Miller's complimentary comments on Indiana's offseason moves. Very classy. Anyone want to comment on that if you if you listen to uh, that podcast, the Field of 68 uh, podcast, and, and Archie's, uh, Jared, uh, his comments? I didn't listen to it, but I read, you know, what other people said about it. And I think, you know, he was obviously spot on and no, you know, no one is as, as, uh, qualified as he is to speak on that. And so I think it was, it was really interesting to see him basically say, yeah, they went out and fixed, uh, 
you know, a roster that hadn't been managed very well, essentially. Um, I think what it does, because it's really, it's the first time that he's talked about it. And, you know, it's always tough when, you know, you kind of part ways with a coach and, you know, he's booed off the court at Rutgers and there's just bad feelings. I kind of feel like that just immediately closed the wound, honestly, whatever wound there was, because I don't think anybody had a lot of acrimony to Archie. It's just everybody realized this isn't working. You know, you're being yourself. We're Indiana basketball, what we are and what we expect. And this is just not going to work. And until there's kind of comments or it's addressed, it just kind of floats out there as this thing. And I honestly think like that, everybody's just like, wow, that was classy. That was really nice of Archie. You know, now he can walk right back into Assembly Hall, and I think he would get a nice big ovation. Um, no hard feelings. I think that's what that did. And so it was. I think it's great that that happened. Um, and, you know, to whatever extent, you know, that was lingering, everybody can just move on now. And that's a good thing. Jay or Andy? Yeah, Andy, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I I listened to it. Um, I thought the I thought the roster stuff was the most interesting to me. I, you know, he's not going to get on there and just eviscerate the program and the guys that he he had brought in. So there, I, you know, in some regard, I don't know what else he would say. But I did think, you know, just commenting on IU having done, and he used a lot of hyperbole. I would say in a lot of cases where this or that was, you know, one of the better at the country and and doing things, but. Um, I, I do think talking through, you know, how good a job IU had done and really bringing in talent um, was was interesting uh, for sure, and and certainly had complimentary things to say about uh, about Trace and about being being able to have fans back and and what an impact that was. So I thought there was definitely some uh, insightful stuff to to be had uh, in, in it for sure. I, I listened to it a little bit. Uh, after you coach had said it was, uh, it, it was good. Cause I was a little bit on the fence, um, about like whether I really wanted to bother quite frankly and, uh, and listen to it and, and was glad I did. Jay, did you have a um, chance to listen or any, or any thoughts? No, I think that's how a professional person should handle it versus having uh, Bob Kravitz and Pete Famel come stay at your house and then throwing the athletic department under the bus. Um, I think that was uh, I think Archie handled it slightly better than the the previous the previous IU basketball coach did. So that is how you're a champion. <laughs> yeah, I I tell you, Archie knows basketball. He just wasn't able to execute it, um, obviously at Indiana, and and that a lot, a lot of that was not basketball knowledge, more personality maybe on, on how he dealt with his guys and and the program in general. But listen to him talk about the Big Ten. Um, I thought was again. I I, I really like to listen to those guys uh, talk, even though a lot of it is is coach speak. Elbows in with the final question of the night, and it's a good one. Uh, imagine this year's team goes on to win the Big Ten tourney championship game, and then goes to the Final Four. Which teams would you want IU to beat in that Big Ten championship game? And the following four NCAA games it takes to get to the Final Four. What is your dream quote? IU is here. Revenge tour look like we'll take away the first game that's going to be about a 14 seed if indiana wins the big 10 and goes on they're probably a three seed four seed something like that they're playing uh 13 14 we'll just beat up on them so you got the big 10 championship game who you want to beat and then three teams uh in the second round and the sweet 16 the elite eight to get to that final four uh jay we'll start with you um Let's go Big Ten first around the horn. Big Ten. Who do you want to beat in the Big Ten championship? Jay first. 
I mean, I know the obvious answer is Purdue, but give me Ohio State. I want I want to beat Chris Holtman. I mean, I, I, I want to beat Purdue. Screw them. I want them to lose the first game of the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, that's fine. Game. Give me give me Chris Holtman. Okay. Jared, I want to beat Michigan because I think they're going to be the highest rated, and that'll help our seed the most. Plus, Jawan Howard versus Mike Woodson. That's kind of a cool. It's a cool national story. So that'd be a huge game. Andy. Yeah, I was I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, outside of uh, outside of Purdue, I, I think Michigan would be one. I mean, there's so many teams that IU has just gotten routinely uh, pummeled by in recent years that there's probably a lot of, of pent up uh, anger against a number of different teams. But yeah, I would say, I mean, Michigan's one that's just embarrassed IU at times over the last couple of seasons. I'll go with yeah, Michigan. Here's, I'll go with Michigan, but my dream is like Fran McCaffrey is 500 and he wins two or three games to go to the championship and he needs to beat IU to go to the NCAA tournament and we beat him 100 to 60. Now that would be a dream. And he can't, he can't even stop our sub forty offense. Absolutely, <laughs> and then he has no chance to go in the NCAA tournament. All right, so I mean, if, if you get to play Fran that many he, times, we're not going to be a sub forty offense. That's so. true. Yeah, that's true. Fair. What did he? What happened between the big ten? What happened? Yeah, what happened between the two of you, coach? Well, AC after dark. We don't. We don't. I'll tell you after dark. I have a certain list, and there's three coaches on a certain list. I'll share that after dark. Let's All right, go. and then um, so look. Here's what I'll say about the NCAA tournament because I think if we beat Michigan in the and we win the Big Ten tournament, right, that's going to raise our seed. So I think what will happen at that point is we'll get like a four seed. And look, we all know we're going to be happy to be back in the tournament. So as far as we go in the tournament, that's fine. But what I want is that Sweet 16 matchup: number four seeded Indiana against number one seeded Duke. And we kick their ass in Coach K's last game. And that's the last thing that happens to him on a college basketball court is we send him home. And whatever happens from there, you know, let's let's keep going. There's unfinished business after that. But that would be the one opponent that I want. If we could give Coach K his last loss, that'd be a beautiful thing. Then beat number two seed Kansas. Yeah. You know, in the lead Bob Knight, the guy who brings Bob Knight back into the fold at Indiana then beats Coach K to send him out. It would be a very poetic end to the season. Any other thoughts about you guys, miss, you guys are missing it? You guys are missing a key step here, and that's when IU as a four seed plays the winner of the last play-in game, which just happens to be the team that finished last place in the SEC that that won the SEC tournament, which is Georgia. Oh, um, and then as a as a as a as a big effort to save Tom Crean's job, they win the SEC tournament and then they get play the thirteenth seed round of the NCAA. Tournament. They're they're seeded thirteenth against Georgia IU Bulldogs. four. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> any any big teams that we would like to I actually don't to I actually don't think that can happen though, because in that scenario, like the Sorry, last it's four not is a playing last, game. They're not a, the they're last, not a playing game, Andy G's. We're not gonna call black bracketologists in here. Sorry. They're just in the tournament as a thirteenth seed. I will, seed. I will mean, say okay, in every they can't play in a playing game. I get it. Every you will not compromise the integrity of the bracket, even in this hypothetical <laughs> exercise, Jay. Uh, I will say every projection I've seen uh, of anything for the SEC has Georgia dead last. Dead last. Um, I'd like to beat uh, yeah, UCLA. I I... Oh, really? Give me, give me, uh, give me Texas. Give me, uh, give me Texas. Give me Coach Beard. I want to, I want to, because everybody said that you know IU is an idiot for you know going after Beard. G- give me, uh, give me Chris Beard. I, I want to beat them. Yeah, and I'll tell you who else I want to beat. I want to beat Gonzaga and their chicken shit suspension of Mark Few. To hell with that. One game? Oh. One game for a DUI? Please. So it's, I'd like to beat three. them, too. 
It's three. No, it's not three because it's two exhibition games. Well, That's they only had one exhibition, Jared, and they had to schedule a second one when he, after he got arrested to get to the three so he could be on the court against Texas. It's ridiculous. I want to be a fly on the wall if a Gonzaga player tests positive for marijuana and gets a three-game suspension and has to go in and Mark Few gets to deliver the news. Be like, oh, really, coach? I'm out for three games, huh? And you sat for one? That's ridiculous. It's a terrible decision by Gonzaga. If I was Mark Few, I'd be embarrassed. I'd want more of a suspension. Uh, elbows in has brought out a lot of action here with this, this question. Wow. We'll go. We'll go so to Andy. Much, who, who's your? So much, we're gonna get. We're gonna go after dark to finish. Who's your, what's this, your I dream? Mean. IU is here, Andy. Uh, boy, I, I'm not sure. It's so much pent up. Uh, so much pent up rage from Jared. I, I don't know. I don't really have any. I saw somebody put Houston in the uh, in the chat with be with good. Samson. Uh, that would be an interesting Tyler. I'll give, give credit to who, who did that. I don't know. I honestly, I, I haven't, I, I didn't think too much about it, but the, I think you guys hit some good ones. The, the Duke one is the Duke one is interesting. I mean, coach K, if he was handing out the punishment, Jared would have just given few the indefinite suspension that would have lasted even less than the three games, uh, you know, than, than what he got. So that first quarter suspension. Yeah, that's it. We're done. No more questions human being on the planet. Well, we no. both just did a Ryan drop at the exact same time. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. We hear Ryan twice of this assembly right, call. Shut it down. If you want to see us do the live show, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our assembly call radio How recording. How treat student media? <laughs> Special thanks to Bob Thompson for producing a lot of the He's music, including Andy's new coach. song that we hear on the show. And thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. Those are the Duke fans. <laughs> Or sooner if any news breaks. Until then, a walking skeleton with a hairpiece. Keep your elbows in, eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. You might get beat today, but each day you got to get better. And that was an ill-timed ending. College basketball teams. All I just right. have a whole page of drops with Ryan talking about Duke and Coach K. So, oh, Jared, I was goodness. trying to keep fantastic. The- Keep the, all right. Uh, I, I do have to. I got to run, so I'll, all right. I'll have to listen back to this while coach coach gives the the real behind the scenes story of what happened yeah. with him and well, him that's fine. Andy, Andy, have a good night, song bud. first. Oh, we're all right. See you, Andy. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Jay. See Where's Andy. The song. We got to play oh the song. Gosh. You want me to play it? I've got it. Yeah. Oh yeah. When the show is over. There's more to be said Pour yourself a drink now Put the kitties to bed It's time to cut loose No more censored remarks So cozy up, chat mob It's time for AC After Oh, that's too much. I don't know, man. I don't know how Bob Thompson's going to top that. The that, Andy song is great, but it's not better than that. That's good, right <laughs> that there. Amazing. No, I was trying to keep a keep the not say my shit list of coaches, and then you you went off on um, 
on Coach Few. But anyway, I, I have a new shit list of the bottom three coaches after media days, and they didn't do anything to me. They didn't take my, you know, lunch or anything like that. But I just Fran up in the parking lot. We get it. Yeah, Fran's number fourteen because I, I just can't respect the team that doesn't play defense. Um, Mark Turgeon. Uh, he's down there. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know. Um, so th- those are my two that I really, really can't stand. And now for some reason, I can't think of the third one. Who's on, who's the, my third one. I want it. Who's the third one? I think I sent it to you. Must not have been too bad. Cause I don't have them on the tip of my tongue, but Fran and Turgeon. It's not Underwood because you like Underwood. No, I like right. Underwood a lot. Um, you like Painter. You like Izzo. Yeah. You like Juwan. You love yeah. Juwan. Juwan really was you fantastic. Love Pico was even, great. You like Nebraska Collins. Coach now. Collins was oh, great. Who? Hoiberg uh, was fine. Who? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, guard. Greg Guard. Oh, Greg Guard. Oh, yeah, yeah Guard. Yeah, yeah, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> that dude's – that dude – man – I tell you what, personality. So, okay, is this, is this a coaching thing? Like you don't like, like with Fran, you said it was defense. All right, so or is this so yeah, like a personality. First of all, I don't like to bad mouth any coach, uh, but there are coaches that are bad, and there are coaches that but he's going to do like, it right. But I'm going to do it because I think it. I, yeah, there's some people that I I, I don't like. Um, Greg Gard. Um, part of your job is to is to develop that good teamwork and and an atmosphere in the locker room and he's had players leave the last two years and then he says he's going to try to fix it and that's just a personality thing and I just don't think he's going to be able to get that done and get players up there um so I just don't know how he can win that win that team back or that program back um and his style of play is is just so unique that he needs certain guys in there so that's that's a basketball thing um Fran, Fran was asked a question about defense, spent 10 seconds on the answer, and then went back to offense. And, and so I don't think he re- – it just shows that he's more offensive-minded. That just drives me nuts. When you had talent like Iowa to score and, and you just don't guard. Um, yeah, and then there's just something about Turgeon that it's just like uh, – he's like always having to prove something. Uh, he, I'm sure he's confident in his own way, but – uh, he went after uh, Jawan Howard on the sidelines, uh, and I don't remember what that was all about. But I thought that was that's right. You forgot know, about that. Um, I forgot about that too. Something interesting, but um, no. I, the sad thing is, as a fan, and you go to, as a media member and as a basketball coach, and you hear these guys talk, you like them. Like, there's a lot to like, and this. And then I came away with, man, this league has really got some excellent coaches and, and those three guys that I mentioned can coach too. They, they know basketball. It's just a personal preference of, of what I, what I don't like, but man, Juwan Howard's impressive. And, and, and Jared, I don't know if we, we had a chance to talk about it. What I like is that he loves Michigan as much as I think Woodson loves Indiana. And, and you know, Woodson has more experience coaching uh, than, than Juwan and they both surrounded themselves with great staffs. So that's when I started – I left media day starting to kick it in a little bit. Um, but I can see why people want to go play for Howard. I mean, the dude's just – he's just infectious talking to him and the way he laughs and the way he talks. But everything's Michigan, 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 just like Coach Woodson does. And, and it's um, – you know, those are guys that you just want to run through the walls for. You know, uh, Jawan's a little more talkative. Woodson's a little more laid back. Painter's the best. I, I I hate to say that, and Jen will get mad at me uh, in the chat mob, but P- 
pay, painters just gives the best answers and the best information. But so yeah, that's my new shit. He list. does. It sucks, but he does. So. Yep. Fran just Fran just bugs me. I'm ready. I'm I'm so ready to beat them. I am so sick of that stupid ass uh, losing streak. We have got yeah, to beat them. We've this got year. to. That just has to happen. The thing about Turgeon is that even the Maryland fans don't like him. The Maryland fans have been trying to get rid of him for they 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 would they try to ship him off to Oklahoma and he just used that to get a, a better deal at Maryland and they were like they were not happy about it. Like even Maryland the, fans just the guy I feel him. for is Collins. I think he really knows what he's doing, but it's just hard. He can't turn Northwestern into Duke, you know, a private. You know, he just can't. It's so, it's so funny when IU was when IU hired Archie uh, Osterman. His favorite his favorite coach that he wanted IU to hire was Collins. Yeah, he was on the list, <laughs> and, and it's funny how. Oh yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was up there, and and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it just it went downhill really quickly for him. I mean, it, it sucks. I mean, he probably should have jumped as soon as he could, just because yeah. you're not going to be able to sustain that at Northwestern. He, yep. he probably should have gotten out of there as quickly as possible, and he didn't. And now he's he's probably going to get fired in in a year or two. And um, they have a chance to be decent this year. And if they do, he should leave. I mean, they could they could be okay. You know, like they're they're one of those teams that like I think they could be as good as Wisconsin or Iowa. You know, like I don't know if they're going to make the tournament, but I think they could be better than those teams. They've got you some say experience. That now, then, it, then, it, then it's just Northwestern, and then you realize, oh, it's Northwestern. <laughs> I mean, it, it, regard, I mean, they have no home court advantage. Like, I mean, it's yeah. not like Wisconsin where they're just going to, regardless of how good they are, they're going to get every call at the Colt Center. And if you go to Northwestern, it's like, oh, this is this is mostly away fans because it's Chicago, and all the away fans live here. Hey, Trice is gone, right? Demetrius Trice is he yeah. gone? I believe so. I assume he's just a Big Ten official now. <laughs> Joel asked which coach cussed the most. It was Woodson at the interviews. And it wasn't bad, but he just – I told Trace all the shit he couldn't he does do. does not care, That was man. hilarious. And he said that before. Well, yeah, he, he's, he's been in the pro ranks for however yeah. long. All the, hey, guess what? Grown-ups cuss. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, yeah, that's, just, that's just what happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, good stuff. Jay, thanks for doing the over-unders. Coach, thanks for holding down the fort. Yep, always. No problem whatsoever. Chat mob, thanks for being here. We have some more fun announcements. By the, okay, so I guess I can announce this. Uh, we are doing, just like we're doing the show with Tamar Bates, we're doing a show with Grace Berger also. You, you mean my cousin, Grace Berger? Your, is she your cousin? Yeah. Like first cousin? Uh, no, so um, her grandma and my grandma are sisters. Well, they're both dead, but they were sisters. Oh wow! Okay, I did not realize that. Yeah, look at that. So yeah, I, I was around. I, I, I'm sure Grace doesn't remember me because I'm significantly older than her, you know. But I remember when Grace was born and all that kind of stuff. Cool. Wow, I did not know that. So yeah, yeah. So we are now. We're going to call it the Jay's cousin show. Now that we know this information. <laughs> No, the Grace, the Grace Burger Show. It's going to be, you know, kind of like the Tomorrow Show. We're going to do uh, twelve episodes. We'll do a couple each month. Um, you know, want to go out on the podcast feed, and then we're going to do kind of a regular AMA inside the community. Or we'll probably put like part of it out on the public podcast feed, and the rest of it will just be for community members. But I'm really excited about it. Coach Marlowe is uh, doing the interviews. They did the first interview last night. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. It's kind of one of those things. I was trying to think. You know, of our community, who would be the best person to talk hoops with Grace Berger? 
and you know someone who's really followed the women's team a lot who understands the women's game and the differences and the nuances between the women's game and the men's game and to me coach marlowe was the obvious choice and he was excited about it so you know they did the first interview so we'll get that out probably monday or tuesday i got to work on it this weekend um but yeah i'm really excited about it i mean to be able to get insight all throughout the season from grace berger on the number eight team in the country and you know tamar bates who hopefully is on you know a team that's a top 25-ish team all year long. Uh, it's going to be – it's just such a unique experience to be able to do it now. Like we've been asking for it and talking about it, like give us access, yep. access to the players. So just to, like I think to me and to us, it just kind of felt like well, we've got the opportunity now, so let's let's try and do it and try and find a unique way to do it. So I'm excited about it. Coach Marlowe is going to do a great job, and uh, we hope you guys all enjoy that content. Good stuff. And, Jared, just a great job awesome. again on the – on the inside scoop i just that was just great <laughs> thank you that, that episode was yeah. fun hey jared can we get a teaser on what's coming next in the in the the future inside scoop episodes i think so we're definitely going to do one with his dad i got to figure out when we're going to do that episode i think the what we were talking about is trying to do an ama uh before the season starts so basically give all the folks in the community a chance to ask him questions so we just gotta see if we can get the scheduling down for that yeah, we'll do that. You know, we're going to get uh, more of his family members on throughout the season. Um, I think once we get into the season, you know, one thing that I want to do at least a couple of times is, you know, take some clips of specific plays and get him to kind of break them down. You know, and what was he thinking here? Good plays and bad plays. Uh, definitely, if there are any choice opinions after a bad performance by Tamar on our show, I'm going to pull that clip and play it for him and let him respond because uh, I think that'll be fun, especially if it's Ryan. Really, only if it's Ryan. It wouldn't be funny if it's anybody else. Um, you know, so we'll just try and do kind of fun stuff like that and, uh, you know, and any other ideas that he has. But I think uh, I think doing kind of I think he'd be really good at kind of breaking down some plays and kind of talking through the basketball part of it. I think that would be that would be really interesting insight to get. He was so good you guys at talking have any about ideas. Those, let me know about that on the his championship game and some of those things that he and his brother did. And he remembered some things. He, it was just fantastic. And oh yeah, it's so infectious. I, I said that earlier uh, in, in the first segment, when we talked about it, it's just, you just watch and you just want to root for the kid to, to, to do well. And, and it was just, he and his brother back and forth. And then when they said they finally dropped his dad, that, that was, that was hilarious. I mean, you know, here's the interesting thing is, you know, I mean, he's a freshman and I, I don't think you would normally think, hey, we're going to do a 20 episode show. Who would be the ideal person? You wouldn't think it would be a freshman. Right. But like, think back to the last three, four, five years of Indiana basketball. Are there any no brainer choices for to carry a 20 episode show through a season? And this isn't like to say anything bad. Maybe part of it is just that we haven't gotten to know these guys well enough, but none of them there's no one where it seems like, oh yeah, like I can see that guy, you know, carrying a show like this. And all we had with Tamar really is the one Hoosier hysterics episode and a couple other appearances. And I think everybody's like, oh yeah, this guy could do it. This is going to be great. You know? And so I think that it speaks some to a different kind of personality, a different kind of enthusiasm, um, you know, just a different kind of outgoingness almost that this program just hasn't had, you know, and now with he Miller cop was the other guy that I thought would have been really good too. And there's something to that, like even just on the court, guys that have personalities. It's just, you know, I think it's going to make it's going to make the team more fun to watch and follow. But I think just better and more connected. 
And you could tell from the, I think IMG did like a video series and highlighted Tamar and, and that sort of stuff about when he, when he arrived at, when he arrived at IMG and his kind of growth through his time there. Uh, and which I, th- I think speaks a lot to kids that come out of that, that prep school life. Um, and I, I'm sure not everybody is as mature and as advanced as, as Tamar is, but um, just how highly they spoke of him when he was only there for a year and they were like, yeah, he immediately became a team leader. He was, you know, he was a team captain. He was the guy that everybody else rallied around when he, you know, he was just there for one year when a lot of those guys are there for four years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I've, I've asked him, I don't, I'm not sure if we talked about it off air or when we were recording just about the transition. It's like, it's, it's, it really hasn't been that big of a transition for him because he's already used to living on his own. And I don't know if you necessarily get that with all guys who go to prep schools. I mean, I think he seems just based on his upbringing and personality kind of particular, like kind of uniquely, uh, you know, mature in a sense. Um, but I think the more that we can get kids that have had that background, you know, that's why I think he's going to be ready to come in and play. You know, he's just not going to be blown away by the competition, by the situation, by, you know, trying to balance schoolwork and all that. He's got that experience. So, yeah, and that's, you know, that's, I know I've hit on it a bunch, but getting kids from being able to get kids from prep schools in Florida and, and Oak Hill and, you know, those, those um, the other big, you know, 10 prep schools around the country, uh, you get kids that have been in the college light environment versus kids in the versus kids coming from normal high schools. I think it's a big advantage, especially in the transfer era when you have freshmen that are competing for competing with juniors for spots. I mean, getting a kid who's who's been in a college environment for a year already, it's, he's way ahead of the curve. Yeah. By the way, just incredibly generous here. Kathy, I'm super excited because I have reservations at uh, Little Zagreb's tomorrow. Uh, come, everybody. You're, you, we're picking up the tab. Wow, oh, Kathy, Kathy that is That's awesome. That oh, is Kathy. amazing. I'll be Go down to Zagreb's. Night now. <laughs> Just incredible Kathy, generosity. That's Kathy. so nice. <laughs> I might fly in for that. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's got the bottle service at sports. I think. I think I yep. heard. So that's yep. yeah. Oh my. Okay. And she's got three or four extra hotel rooms we could all crash before we go to tailgate at noon. I think the last time I was at sports, I Armand Bassett was there. And that was like three years after he he had left. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. There's a, yeah, that was a, that was a, that was an interesting night. Yeah. All right, everybody. I got it. All right. Well, let's go beat those Buckeyes on Saturday, huh? Get this season turned around. Hey, let's try hard and still be friends. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's about all we'll have after that game. <clears throat> all right, hope. everyone, be safe. We'll see you Saturday if you all want right, to stop by the tailgate. Um, last one for me. Um, I think the guys are going to try to keep it going. Joel and Rich are going to try to keep it going, but high school basketball will prevent me from being down the last couple games. But uh, if you're around Lot 11, stop by. we got chili, brisket, hot dogs, and beverages. So – Come come have some fun. And everyone be safe. It's getting closer, everyone. A couple weeks. That's right. Peace. See you, everybody. See y'all.